Good morning. Welcome to the service. Um, thanks to John and the band for leading us in sung worship. And thank you for being here in person or online. It is good to come together, whether it's virtually or physically, to worship God, to praise him, and to acknowledge that whatever we have going on in life, whatever our fears, whatever is troubling us, whatever is causing us to yell at the top of our voices, God is sovereign. And he is in control, and there is nothing, whether we shout it or whisper it, that he doesn't hear when we call out to him. God is good. Amen? Amen. 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 Yes. Well, I'm glad that you said amen there, because this morning we need that attitude. We need that amen. We need to remind ourselves that whatever is going on, God is sovereign. Because this morning, we're going to be looking briefly at suffering. (laughs) Yeah, you see, didn't see that coming. Suffering is part of life. Suffering is something she talks about a lot in scripture. And I don't know about you, but um, I've been watching a lot of the Olympic Games in the past couple of weeks. I absolutely love the Olympics. It's just, it's just such a variety of different sports and things going on. And um, uh, the, thing I, the thing I like the most is the, the sports you never normally get to see. The, you know, we, we, sort of, we see a lot of, of certain sports, but others we never ever see apart from at the Olympic Games. You know, and I'm, I'm talking about sort of, you know, proper sports, not, not sort of horse dancing and that sort of thing, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't mind it. I just, I just think, you know, that the horse deserves the medal. It's just done river dance with balancing someone on its back and it gets a bag of hay and a carrot. You know, the, I think the horse should get the medal. Anyway, um, uh, I'm talking about some of the, the amazing things that the 10-metre diving... I've been to Riverside in Chelmsford. I don't know how high that board is, but I've thrown myself off there, and it's a pretty terrifying experience. That's not 10 metres. To throw yourself off something that is 10 metres high, not just jump in, but to do the flips and the somersaults and the twists, and to, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And then you've got things like the, the BMX biking, where they, 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 they're racing each other, they jump and... Oh, it's just death-defying. It's incredible. It's thrilling. It's fantastic. But the other thing I like about the Olympics is the fact that you get to hear people's stories. You see, we see those athletes at the pinnacle of their career, the moment they've trained for, and we're with them for that, that brief moment of, of glory or heartbreak. Sometimes we're, we're seeing them in tears. Sometimes we're seeing them celebrating tears of joy or tears of sadness. Sometimes we see them frustrated because a decision's gone against them. They feel that they've been, they've been done a massive injustice and their life's work has just been thrown away. And it's a real roller coaster of emotions. What we don't see is the four years of dedication that has gone in to that event since the last game. We don't see the early mornings and the late nights, the sacrifices that have been made, the, 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 the relationships that maybe have had to be put on one side or, or, or lost altogether, because to be an Olympic athlete takes such a single-minded mindset. 
to dedicate everything, training several times a day, working on your routine or your strength or your speed or your finesse or whatever discipline you do. To work and work and work and make that the sole aim of your life. And hearing some of the testimonies of some of the athletes is incredible. And that, to be honest, is one of the things that impresses me the most. When Paul wrote his letter to the Romans, he touched on that theme. Because you see, there are a lot of parallels to be drawn between the dedication of the Olympian and the dedication of the Christian. Sometimes we find ourselves in a moment of glory. We see someone we love being baptised or we see an answer to prayer. There's something miraculous happens and we, we have no option but to fall to our knees and thank God. But then there's the other side, isn't there? When we see a loved one going through a really painful illness and suffering or someone, a couple we know, decide that their relationship just doesn't work anymore. We see one of our children or one of our parents suffering. And at those times, sometimes we we look to God and we say, God, I've, I've got my faith. I know you're there. But I'm finding this difficult right now. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 5. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. That's an interesting explanation of the development of part of the human spirit, isn't it? First of all, Paul says, we, we rejoice in our sufferings. Do we? Do we really rejoice in our sufferings? Well, no, a lot of the time we don't. Unless we can take a step back and remind ourselves that there is a bigger picture. That there is a a divine picture to every aspect of our lives. That God has ordained every day of our lives and therefore he knows what we're going through. There is nothing that we can experience that he is surprised by. And so actually, when we go through our sufferings, we can rejoice in them because we know that suffering produces perseverance. What we don't see of those Olympic athletes is when they're out on the track or, or um, uh, doing whatever they do, we don't see them reaching their limits. We don't see those sessions where they've worked so, so hard They've suffered and suffered and suffered and they got to the point where their muscles simply give up. They collapse and and they're, they're, they're physically sick because their body just cannot cope anymore. They have reached the end, the, the very limit of their physical abilities. We don't see that because that all happens on the training track. But why do it? You must be mad to do that to yourself. But you see, they know their suffering produces Perseverance. 
because they know that once they hit their their limits, their body suddenly thinks, wow, if that's going to happen again, I need to be able to cope with that better. I need to I need to build up. I need to store more energy. I need to build those muscle groups. I need to I need to make sure that uh, psychologically, I need to prepare myself. And our bodies are amazing. You see, when we start training, any, any one of us in this room or, or watching at home, if you choose a certain skill that you find really difficult, if you keep working at it, then it won't get any easier because you'll keep pushing yourself to the limit and you'll find it really hard. What you'll notice is that your limit increases. Your level of achievement increases because suffering builds perseverance. Your body gets used to coping with doing what you can do. Perseverance produces character. Once we recognise in ourselves that it's worth putting ourselves through that suffering because through suffering our limits, actually, what we can cope with actually increases, that produces character, a desire to push our limits further and further and further. There won't be a single one of those athletes that has been performing in Tokyo this week who's, got, who's won a medal, won an Olympic medal, and steps off the podium and says, right, that's me done. That's me done. They would have stepped off that podium thinking, right, the four years of work to defend my title starts now because that's my title and I'm not going to give it up. And they will be, they'll probably have a holiday or something first, I would hope, but they'll be getting home and they'll be immediately in touch with coaches and securing funding and making sure that they, they, they analyse their performance and any weaknesses they work on and they'll be refining themselves to make sure that in four years or three years' time as it is now, they will get better and better and better. That's character, which comes from perseverance, which comes from suffering. And of course, character produces hope. Those athletes who have come away disappointed, who have come away without a medal, or didn't make the final, or got injured and couldn't even complete their event, they will come away devastated. There will be some broken hearts, but those broken hearts will mend And because they know that suffering produces perseverance, produces character, there is hope. And their hope will be that going through that process, time after time after time again, doing the early mornings and the late nights and pushing themselves to the limit and the physical pain and the mental stress, going through all that for another three years, they will have another shot at an Olympic medal. And that will be the hope that drives them on. Now, God... God calls us to be the best people that we can be. Which sounds lovely, doesn't it? That sounds really good. But he also calls us to be prepared to suffer. Paul makes it absolutely clear. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's the fuel that enables us to endure. That's the fuel that motivates us to to acknowledge when when we're suffering When we're suffering, sometimes we are on our knees, but God is right there beside us because he's poured out his Holy Spirit into our hearts. So that's what Paul says about suffering. James goes a step further. James says, don't just be prepared for it. Welcome it. Relish it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. There it is again. The testing of our faith. This is different, different to the um, 
the, the physical suffering. This is spiritual suffering. Spiritual suffering is, is awful because we come to church on a Sunday, we talk of celebrating God's love and God's presence and God's grace and it's all good and, and it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy and that's, that's lovely. But there is an enemy. There is one who doesn't want us to feel like that. There is one who wants to jump in when we're least expecting it and drive a wedge between us and God. Cause us spiritual suffering, cause doubt, cause, cause distraction. And before we know it, rather than focusing on Jesus, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at Ben now, I'm not saying Ben's Jesus, but rather than focusing on Jesus, we end up focusing on something completely different. And when we do that, we are living life in our own strength, which has limitations, and we're no longer calling on the strength of Jesus. James goes on, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. I'll let you into a secret here. None of us will ever reach that stage where we are complete and not lacking anything on this earth. But one day, one day we will be welcomed into the heavenly kingdom. One day we will be called home. Our time on this earth will come to an end. And although that is painful and that is sad for those left behind, as Christians we know that there is a hope secured. And that hope is that we, we will enter into God's eternal kingdom. And so we are called to work hard. We are called to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and our hearts and our spirits focused on Jesus at all times. Now, the biggest challenges to our faith often are not the big events, the big catastrophes that suddenly blow up in front of us and we have to face head on. And it's very difficult and painful and messy. Often at those times we recognise this, I need Jesus right here, right now. And we cling to our faith and we feel bold and we can face it and it's hard and it's difficult and it's messy, but we get through it. Actually, the, the real suffering often comes through the monotony of life. The unexciting routine, the familiarity of our day, where we can sometimes just feel that we're just, we're just ticking along. And although we, we go through the, the routine and the habit of, of church and worship and prayer and, and reading scripture, we, we can sometimes feel, well... I'm not really being used for anything. I'm not really achieving anything. There's no big work taking place through me or in me. I'm just me. God's using other people. I can see him working in other people. I've got no doubt that he's there, but, but he seems to have forgotten me. We have knockbacks in life. We might not get the job we want. We might not live in the area that we would like to live. We might 
lose friends, we might lose family members, we might see suffering, we might experience suffering, we might really struggle as we go through life and sometimes feel this has just been setback after setback after setback. Where is my God? Faith is a journey of perseverance. Later on in the letters to the Romans, Paul gives us some guidance as to what we can do. And it's nothing new. It's nothing that you won't have heard before. But it's something that actually, because it's nothing new, because we would have heard it before, sometimes we can, we can kind of gloss over it and forget it. But Paul tells us, in those days which will form the majority of our lives, when the monotony of routine just seems to just be going on and on and on and we don't feel that we're making any progress for God, this is what we can do to make that progress for God. Love sincerely. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in, in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And the list of things goes on. You can find that in the middle of of Romans chapter 12. These are things that, that actually we can all do on a daily basis. We can all follow those instructions. We can all look at that and say, that is my orders from God today. I'm going to do my best to do those things. And I'm going to do it with him at my, in my heart and on my mind. I'm serving God as I do these things. Paul writes to to the Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 7, serve wholeheartedly as if you're serving God, not man. In other words, no matter what you think of the people you're serving, and hopefully you you, you love those that 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 you serve and that you work with, we all have people that frankly we struggle with. And so when we're serving those people, imagine we're serving God. That changes our attitude, that changes our heart. Suddenly we... Suddenly we go the extra mile for anyone because we're seeing God in that place. Suddenly if, it's, if we're being asked to, to do a task we don't really want to do, we're imagining that it's God that's asking us to do it and there is nothing that he would ask us to do that we, that we would say, no, I did it yesterday. We wouldn't say that to God. And so this list of things is something that we can, we can do on a daily basis to keep going and going and going. I don't know if you, um, if you saw um, a particular performance this week in the, the, the women's 1500 metres. Laura Muir finally won an Olympic medal. And I say finally because she's been around quite a long time and she's had a long list of, of big expectations in, in global finals and she's never quite done it. And this week, she won an Olympic silver medal. Fantastic run, brilliant race, and I was so pleased for her. And the, the reason I say that is because in her interview afterwards, she was asked the, the normal question, Olympic silver medalist, Laura, how does it feel? And there's normally the, the, the sort of, oh, it's amazing, I don't know, I want to thank my mum. And, and she, she was different. The smile fell from her face. She welled up and she shouted, She shouted at the microphone in front of her, I have worked so hard for this! She said, I finished fourth, I finished fifth twice, I finished fifth, I finished sixth, seventh. I've never got a major medal, and now I have. 
and the emotion just came pouring out. And it wasn't the, oh, this is amazing. It was, it was almost anger. I have worked so, I deserve this. I have worked for this. It's different, isn't it, being a Christian? God doesn't call us to do the early mornings, to do the late nights. He doesn't call us to be at the side of the track, throwing our guts up after a really difficult session. He doesn't call us to earn our crown of righteousness that is awaiting us as we enter heaven. Because God sent his son, Jesus, into this world to do all that for us. We see him performing the miracles. We see him taking on the difficult opponents. We see him praying so hard that he sweat blood. We see him going to the cross, having suffered the biggest injustice in history. And we see him paying the price for our sin, taking our suffering and enabling us through his perfect sacrifice to have a relationship with our father and to claim salvation through what he did on the cross. Jesus, when speaking to his disciples the night before the crucifixion, he's been speaking to them about the trial and tribulations that are to come, the sufferings that lay before him and the sufferings that would lay before them. And he says, I've told you these things so that you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has done it. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has won the battle. Jesus has run the race. Whatever metaphor we choose to use, Jesus has done it. And so we can all live safe in the knowledge that if we recognise Jesus as our saviour, if we choose him as our Lord, if we say, Jesus, I give my life to you, I want to honour you, I want to acknowledge you, I want you to be my saviour, now and forever. He welcomes us. He is the way, the truth and the life. And through him and him alone can we come to know the Father eternally in heaven. Now, this, this is a special service. Partly it's, it's always special when we meet to worship. Um, but we've got Matt and Lydia with us today who are going to come and um, share an update with us shortly. But before we do that, I just want to close with that reading from Revelation. Because all of us, no matter where in the world we spend our time, no matter where in the world we happen to be, whether it's in Billericay or whether it's elsewhere, all of us have the challenge of a world where God is often an irrelevance to those around us, where we can go through a daily routine that can wear us down, that can grind us down. Sometimes we, we go through suffering which just never seems to end. But God is with us every step of the way because he has poured out his Holy Spirit into us and we carry that with us. God is good. And so we should make sure that 
We dedicate our lives to him, that we commit ourselves to him, that although he doesn't call us to earn an Olympic medal or that crown of righteousness, sometimes we should treat it as if we do need to earn it. Because by doing that, we will give out all for him and we will build his kingdom. And one day, this will become the reality. In Revelation, John shares these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. There's no mention of a podium. There's no mention of a medal. There's no mention of a world record. But that vision, that vision, every tear will be wiped from their eyes. No more death or mourning or crying or pain. That one day will be a reality for all those who follow Jesus. And that is what we should keep our eyes focused on because then we'll be in the eternal presence of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word and we thank you, Lord, for the reality that we read between those pages. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you don't hide from us the fact that life will be full of suffering. But Lord, we thank you for the reminder that suffering brings perseverance. Perseverance builds character and through character we find hope and our hope is in you. And so Father, whatever we're going through this week, whatever suffering lies before us, we thank you that you have put in us a strength a strength beyond our human strength, but a strength that comes from your Holy Spirit poured into us, which will help us to endure any challenge that you lay before us. Father, we know that every situation that we're going to find ourselves in this week and in coming weeks, you will be there with us. And so, Father, we face it with joy. Not necessarily happiness, but with joy, because we know that you've already won every battle. You've gone before us. You've prepared the way. And we walk with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.